You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's like, okay, wait, we've got to pick up Elle Woods. Let's just drive this car. Let's get her safely where she needs to be. And I'm still thinking about it, still thinking about it. And before I know it, I've dropped Elwood's off and I'm trying to make the turn and I don't cut the wheel hard enough and I end up, boom, running a golf cart into the proscenium of the Palace Theater. Hey, what's going on? It's me, Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, an online training program that helps actors to train like athletes. Actors are athletes, so start training like one. Head on over to the website, builtforthestage.com, and you can fill out your name and email, and we can be on our way with having you try out the program. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, leave a comment. And once again, we are uh, a part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Super grateful to be a part of this awesome collective bunch of Broadway-themed podcasts. You can check them out at bpn.fm. We're going to be continuing our series with fitness on the Broadway stage. And to help us do that, as always, is a very special guest, Jody Renard. Hey, Jody, what's going on? Nothing much. Thanks for having me here. Oh, it's a pleasure. Good to see you uh, through the video screen here um, as we as we chat. Um, tell us a little bit about your your pandemic. What have you been up to? Have you collected any new hobbies? What's going on over there? Nothing much. As I said, uh, during this pandemic, it's just felt like it normally feels as an actor in between gigs, except everyone's on my schedule now. I'm used to kind of like, okay, I'm getting that check weekly and let's see how we can make this stretch. But now we're just stretching for five months with no real prospects of what's going to happen next. Uh, But other than that, I mean, your app has been very helpful to just keep me in a nice regimen. It's like, okay, I can get up, I can do my bill for the stage. And then I don't know what else I'm going to do today, but at least I can check that off the box list. Yeah, there's definitely something about having some type of routine in the midst of this just kind of abyss of nothing or just waiting, you know, Indeed, Um, for sure. So one thing that we like to talk about on the podcast, uh, is a, uh, journey to a Broadway debut. The reason Mm -hmm. is just the ups and downs of what the theater industry brings 
and how that parallels to a fitness journey. It's not just a, you know, a straight trajectory where everything's smooth and everything's just so easy, but you know, there's bumps in the road. Um, you made your debut in Flossie. Can you just tell us just, you know, as much as you want to share what you remember about like when you were like, I want to be on Broadway mm-hmm. and what it kind of took to finally get there. Well, uh, I guess my Broadway dream started when I was still in high school. I was fortunate enough to go to a magnet performing arts high school. And then even though I didn't have my sight set on pursuing arts in college, I ended up doing that anyway and uh, getting a lot of experience in the community into semi-professional and professional theaters there. But upon graduation, when I was about to walk that stage, I decided for myself, okay, I'm going to give myself a year in that area. I went to college in the Atlanta area. And then after a year, I would join the Actors Union. And then I'd say a year after that, then I'll look to make the move to New York to try and pursue Broadway and pursue these dreams that I had. Well, upon graduation, a month later, I was offered an equity card through a contract of a theater that is sadly now defunct in the Atlanta area. So immediately I got my equity card and I'm like, okay, so let's still keep it. Let's say within a year from now, let's move to the city. Well, fortunately on that contract were other equity members who lived in New York and they were like, you need to move to New York like now. And I was like, okay, so can this happen? And fortunately a way was made and I came to New York and I was fortunate enough to book the very first audition I went on. So that sent me to one regional theater. And while I was working at that regional theater, I booked another regional theater and that regional theater during that job, we had a five show weekend and I saw this audition, this open audition for Fosse. And I said, can I do this after this five show weekend, being this tired, get up to do a 10 a.m. open call. I ended up doing it. I get to the audition and the casting director comes out and says, I'm so sorry. The person that's supposed to teach this audition is running late. Um, but we've asked for a substitute to come in. And of course, everybody's groaning because it's 10 a.m. Monday morning. It's like everybody wants to get in, get out. And then he stopped and said, well, that substitute coming in to teach is and ranking. So we all pulled up and we're like, OK, I guess we, we've got to do this. So I made it through the end of that day and then I was called back. Uh, I think about a week later and by the end I had sung for Anne and she just really smiled really broadly and said that was a really great audition and then I was hired as the first vacation swing for the Broadway company of Fosse that was almost a year after it opened so it was all a little bit it was January of I'm dating myself now January of 1999 I, or November actually good lord I'm forgetting uh, November of 1999, I went into the show and stayed in through January of 2000. So as far as you were saying, it's not necessarily a big trajectory. Fortunate enough for me, it was quite a direct journey. It's like I set out to do it. And then for me, at least, the doors open wide and I was able to just make that debut happen in less than a year of being in New York City. I love that. Well, first off, good for you. Amazing. <laughs> But another thing that we can, another angle we could take on is like, even in fitness, when you quote unquote arrive or like you get to a level that you're pleased with, it's always rented and it's never owned. And that's the same in a career of theater. You know, you never own that job for forever. Shows come up, shows close and so on and so forth. Um, So from the date that you had mentioned until now, obviously some time has passed. You were recently in the Donna Summer musical. Um, 
back, what, it just closed in 2019, correct? 2018, actually. 2018. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is like, have you have you seen on Instagram where people post it's March 189th or whatever? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I, I That's happening to me now. Like all, all dates and track of time is, is being lost. But anyways, from the debut all the way to summer, your uh, last Broadway show, there's a a wave I'll say of paying that rent and then having to move and looking to earn your stripes somewhere else. Any type of recollection or stories you can uh, think of that just like really defined you conquering um, different obstacles that might've been in your path. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a daily thing because the biggest obstacle I think for any actor is themselves. So as you go into any audition, it's the same in fitness. It's like you're your own worst enemy. If you don't push yourself to be your best in that moment, you won't get the results that you want. Uh, you brought up Summer, and Summer was great for me because I felt like even though I was blessed with other Broadway credits before then, I could really appreciate Summer because the last time I was on Broadway before that was 10 years before with Legally Blonde. I was fortunate enough to to be in the closing company of that show. But when I walked through those doors for the first time that we were in the theater when we were doing Summer, the Donna Summer musical, I had this great appreciation because I knew what it was like to have this great gift of a Broadway show and then to keep struggling and keep struggling and thinking, but look, I've done this before. Can I just be in this Broadway show and not getting that direct yes until summer came around 10 years later after Legally Blonde closed? I love that. I for you to to keep uh, keep it up for ten years of you know, I guess pounding the pavement per se, uh, the Broadway pavement to try to get back on the stage. You obviously had to know your why, or you had to know your true passion, which is you don't just stick around all that time and kind of kind of sort of want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big thing with fitness too. Is like. Yeah. Why are you, why are you in this pursuit? You know, do you have the right intention behind it or is it just kind of an idea? Uh, something we've touched on in the past is, is like, do you like the idea of being on Broadway or do you truly have the willingness to do what it takes? Um, so bravo to you for that. Thank you so much. That's so true. It's like, you can't be in love with the idea. You have to really want to put in that effort of those eight shows a week. Because people are coming in there to see Broadway shows. Some people have never been in a Broadway theater before. And you have to be willing to give them that brand new show that they have never seen before. Even though your schedule is to do it eight times a week, they might only get that chance once to see that one and only Broadway show that they traveled to the city to see. Well, not now, of course, but hopefully sometime in the near, near future. Right, right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So you brought up Legally Blonde, and I definitely want to highlight that in our episode with you today. Um, you came into the show as a swing, which I love because that means you can give us a whole slew of different perspectives um, as far as characters or roles in the show. Um, we want to talk about Whipped Into Shape first, just because yes. it, it is the fitness number of the musical, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um you get brought into the show. It's day one of learning this particular number for you. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, talk about stamina, because first of all, even if you're in a good place fitness-wise, coming into something like that is just a behemoth, because not only, especially as a swing, not only did I have to learn the jump choreography, but I had to learn the vocal parts and be able to sustain the vocal parts while doing the jump choreography. And then again, as a swing, I had to learn three different vocal parts to be able to do it at any given time. It was broken down into sections uh, the way that I'm sure most people are familiar with the way that the show starts. It's it's like you're watching Brooke Wyndham's uh, fitness video. So it starts with a small number of people before it's the actual fitness regimen for the, the women in Boston prison uh, or Massachusetts Correctional Facility, however it's listed in the script. Uh, that first part where it's just a fitness video, there was a section called Mad Dog, and it was done in a peel-off where it was just four people, and we started upstage, and the majority of the jumping was with was reversed so that you're, you're turning the rope the opposite way. And then during that Mad Dog sequence, you had to do a series of quarter turns, sometimes half turns, to, all while you're singing, and I remember that just being, as they called it, just you, you were like a mad dog. You just either whipped yourself literally with the, the rope trying to learn it, or you just got so frustrated and just so angry with yourself for just not getting it because it was so nuanced, especially with those quarter turns, and you just didn't want to miss it because it'd be very obvious there's only four people doing it on stage in the actual production. Right. How was it each time that... It, let's say you didn't have a, a string of shows where you were on for a while. How was it each time you had to kind of <laughs> make your revisit to the number, you know? Yeah, it's like the proverbial jumping back into the ropes. Literally, you had to just be on your game to do it. There would be times where I would pull out my old practice rope to just be, okay, can I do this? Do I still remember this? But parts of it were like riding a bike. Like once you've done it once, you just know where to set yourself and be able to do it like that whole big last sequence where swipe it, swipe it, swipe it through, jump it out, or I don't even remember the lyrics right off the top of my head, but that section, you could usually find your rhythm and get right back in, but some of those other parts were just just really, really hard to maintain. And the the, the credo or the mantra was, if there was anything wrong with, with the way that you were doing it, like if you missed a step or whatever, it was just to drop your rope and run off stage because just for safety reasons, and especially with the automation tracks on the stage, your rope could get caught into that. Or if you just trip on the rope or whatever mishap could possibly happen, that was the safety. Drop your rope and run off as safely as possible. Uh, maybe you have something to add to this or, or not. Jerry Mitchell had said that 
you had spare ropes on the on the wings and the side stages. Do you recall this? There, I never saw any spare ropes. I wasn't directed to spare ropes. He could very well be be right about this. I'm not going to discredit there, him and say, but I, <laughs> I don't remember there being separate ropes. I just know that it's like if something happened, especially in that prison sequence, it was like drop the rope and run. The reason I bring it up is because I was curious if you have any like stories or recollection of like you losing a rope or somebody else and like something you know, unique happening that day in the show? Well, not during the jump rope number. I mean, I think I'm kind of infamous in the swing, uh, the swingdom, if you will, or all Broadway swings for a mishap happening during Legally Blonde. It, it, like I said, it didn't involve a jump rope. It involved a golf cart. Because like I said, we were swings. I, I was a swing rather. And I covered nine tracks in Legally Blonde. In one track, he drives the the golf cart makes like a big circle and L Woods's parents get off the back and then L jumps on and then you drive L for a little portion. She gets off and then you make this, this tight turn downstage and then come all the way back upstage and off. Well, we had a few people out that day and the, the girl that was on playing L's mom kind of fell off the back of the, the golf cart when I drove up and, and was supposed to stop. And very unprofessional. Like I started, my mind started to wander a little bit to think like, was that my fault that she fell or was that just because she's the understudy or it's like, okay, wait, we've got to pick up Elle Woods. Let's just drive this cart. Let's get her safely where she needs to be. And I'm still thinking about it and still thinking about it. And before I know it, I've dropped Elle Woods off and I'm trying to make the turn and I don't cut the wheel hard enough. And I end up boom, running a golf cart into the proscenium of the palace theater. <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had no idea about that story i had no idea oh yeah and to add insult to injury it took like seven technicians to come out seven crew members to come out and get the golf cart off safely off and at no point did we stop the show it just kept going all in real time as an audience member, I love that. Like I'm yeah. all I'm all about it. Like when things like that, I'm not rooting for things to go wrong, but I I feel like no one should be sitting there being like, "Oh, there's this there that was a mess up." For me, it's like this is live theater. Like this is the brilliance of it. This is amazing. Absolutely. It's like you just kind of had to be there. And I, of course, I felt many different things. I felt inadequate. I was like, "I can't drive a golf cart." And I damage this classic Broadway theater house. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's so many things go through your mind, but I was just glad that no one was hurt, that they were able to get the golf cart off. And then the show seemed to go off without a hitch. Now you have to, uh, or I kept thinking, well, during that time, uh, some bootlegs of the show would show up online or show up on YouTube. And then the show was filmed for MTV. So you could, you could find it on YouTube in that capacity as well. I thought for sure that someone would have pulled out something. Now it wasn't like the smartphones we have now it was 20, 2008 rather. Uh, but I thought for sure someone would have captured that and that there would be some kind of video footage of me ramming this golf cart into the wall of the theater. <laughs> but so far I haven't seen anything. So were you a part of the cast at the time that they filmed the MTV uh, show? 
Unfortunately not. I joined the show. That was actually the first time that I had seen the show. I hadn't seen it live, but it, I saw that on Thanksgiving, I think of 2007. And then I joined the show in May of 2008. It was supposed to be for a short time as a vacation swing. And then a permanent swing position opened up and I was able to be a part of the closing company. Did at any point when you were watching the show on Thanksgiving, did you think I'm going to be in the show? Not at all. Just not at all. I just remember thinking, wow, this show is so much better than I gave it credit for. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I thought it was just so smartly written. And it, uh, so many of the lyrics are so catchy. But I never thought even at that point, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that show. It wasn't really until I was in the audition and I was learning the, the combinations that I thought this is really fun. And I had a great time being a part of that cast. Uh, Mark, Mark Pikert and myself, uh, Mark helped us kind of kick off this series and Legally Blonde to this day is two of our favorite musicals of all time for sure. Oh my God, uh, that's amazing. Just the, the unexpected depth of the story is just truly amazing. It's just the best. Completely, I agree. All right, so as we're wrapping up this uh, episode, first off, thank you for sharing everything that you have so far. I've had such a blast listening to your stories. Um, what going into next year are you looking uh, looking forward to the most? Um, is it getting back into the grind of uh, auditions? Do you have new works that you're like maybe going to dip your toe uh, in the water for? What's going on for 2021? Give us something to look forward to. Well, any and everything. I mean, I was a part of a, a play that's very timely now. Uh, last year around this time called Thoughts of a Colored Man. It played at Syracuse Stage and then at Baltimore Center Stage. And it's getting a lot of write-ups. The, the playwright, Keenan Scott II, was written up in American Theater Magazine. The New York Times had it with some other shows that were definitely eyeing Broadway houses when they would become available and when people could go in to see Broadway shows again. So I am got my fingers crossed that I get that call to be a part of that production because I feel like during this time, this would be a great story to be told. Uh, but other than that, yes, yes, and everything. Yes, yes to everything that she said as far as like jumping into new works and just pounding that, that pavement for as long as I possibly can. As I said, I aged myself earlier saying my Broadway debut was in 1999. So who knows for how much longer I can be doing this uh, competently. But yeah, I'm gonna sure try to keep going. Well, in, in our book, you're still crushing it and you're still an inspiration as well. You're definitely showing us all that hard work pays off. So thank you so much for just really being a uh, representative of that message. Uh, we can't press on that enough with our listeners just to keep, just keep keeping on out there. Indeed, and I will do my best to do so. You are. I know you will. All right. That'll wrap it up with Joni Renard. Thank you, Jody, so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate you. Um, if you want to like, rate, subscribe to this podcast, we'd really appreciate it. You can visit us again to have more amazing talks about theater and fitness on Built for the Stage. Don't forget about Broadway Podcast Network, bpn.fm. And I am Joe Roscoe, your host here. Thanks again for listening. Later. Hey, it's
It's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.